Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Thursday, February 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that was hoping for a better return from the break than that. Oh, so was Mike Yo. Oh, he had words, let me tell you. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen here on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's game versus the Red Wings. We're going to do a prospect profile on Adam Yinning. And we're going to do a special Thursday edition of the Gritty Thing of the Week. And we'll get into why in a moment. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. All right, just a quick programming note. We're doing our gritty thing of the week today because tomorrow we have a special episode that really took up the full length of the time we had. So we wanted to give it its due with a special guest, Shane Malloy. And you may know him from Hockey Prospect Radio. Uh, you know him from scouting. You might know him as the player ratings guru from EA Sports Hockey. And he is coming on the show tomorrow to chat roster construction about the Flyers identity and the integration of business analytics into hockey ops. It was an incredible conversation and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah. And he had the pleasure of working with me for 15 years. So and still does it (laughs) and still does at the NHL draft. So there you go. He does. But it's a really great conversation. Definitely some stuff I agreed with, some stuff I didn't agree with. And uh, I'm curious what everybody out there's take will be as well. So tune into that for sure. All right. So earlier in the day before yesterday's game, we got a press conference from Danny Briere on you know his role with the Flyers. He was still a little vague about that, but he did have a, a few things to say that the team would be focusing on the trade deadline and the draft. He seemed a little bit more realistic than everybody else and how he talked about the state of the Flyers right now. But I think the most important thing I heard from him is that applying for the job in Montreal kind of forced him to think about how to construct a team from top to bottom, which again, we're going to be talking about that specific thing tomorrow. So that was good to hear from him as well as how the business and hockey side are becoming more integrated. Yeah, those things are good. I Again, it's a really nebulous title, though. We really don't know what he's going to do. That was the only thing that frustrated me. I, I, Danny's a good guy, and he works hard, so I don't worry about the hire. Uh, he did sort of say a few things that I really disagreed with, like saying that um, Tuamala has had a good year of um, development where he really hasn't. Like he, he played two games in Lehigh. He went back overseas. He left that team, and now he's with another team, and he hasn't played a lot. So that's not a good year of development. And there were a couple of other things I could nitpick, but he's new at it, so I'll, I'll let it go. But, I, you know, in the end, fans really don't know in media. We really don't know exactly what he's going to do. 
That is true. And, you know, I look forward to seeing where he goes with this, but it'll take some time to find out for sure. All right. So moving into the game against Detroit, man, what a rough night for the power play. And especially because earlier in the day, they had announced that uh, Torchetti is now running the power play and they moved Daryl Williams over to the PK. I was like, that is an auspicious debut, my friend. Well, if you remember on a previous show with Kevin Allen, I bet I thought the key thing was going to be the Flyers power play against Detroit's penalty kill. And yep. we kind of know and we know who won that battle. Exactly. That was just a huge part of it going over five. Like that's just not going to win you any games at all. No, but the work ethic like Detroit's work ethic was Goliath compared to the Flyers work ethic at the beginning of the game and for most of the game. And even Tyler Bertuzzi at one point was early in the game was calling for the puck because nobody was covering him. Uh, it was like beer league hockey. Like it was just it, it was a little embarrassing for the Flyers. Things got a little better. The thing that I learned most from this game was once in a while the Flyers skill comes through and they could score some goals. But if you're a little faster and you work harder right now, the way this team's constructed, you'll beat them most of the time. Yeah, I mean, that about sums it up. I think, you know, it was good to see them respond a little bit in the middle of the game with quick goals after Detroit scored. But again, it wasn't enough. And all of that went away in the third period. They just had absolutely nothing. Yeah, one other key point, I was talking it over with another media member uh, just, just to see if I wasn't too far over the top. But uh, post-game, Carter Hart had his hat real low. He was... Uh, not that confident talking. He he knew he gave up some bad goals. Uh, they got him out of there quickly. We both agreed he should not play the next game. Uh, this is kind no. of like his low point of the year, and you don't want him to have the same mental issues that he had last year. So I think he needs a break because tonight's game was, I think, especially punishing for him with all the guys in the crease literally all game long. I think it's a good time to put Jones in and let him have a breather. I mean, the good news is that there isn't a game again until next week, so maybe things will be different by then, but they should absolutely split those two games next week. No, no, no they have what. a Saturday. They have a Saturday game. Oh, right. They do. They do have yeah, a Saturday game. Against the game. same Detroit team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Jones should play that game for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think you're right about the activity in the crease. I think the Flyers as a whole, and you can't just put this on the defense, but the whole team was not doing a good job supporting Carter Hart by clearing bodies out of the crease, by clearing the puck out of the crease when Hart would give up a rebound. And sometimes you do that. You know, it's not like he's going to cover every single puck. And, you know, when the puck is out there and the Red Wings are the first to it every single time, like that, that isn't really helpful to Carter Hart to help him through this game. No, we saw a first tonight. I've seen a lot of first goals in my life. I've never seen one called like a half hour later. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so good for Isaac Ratcliffe for getting it. But I know. I wonder if he know. got the puck. Because well, he they thinks didn't... they did. He thinks they did. Okay. I was asking that question on the elevator. Um, and then I asked uh, PR and he thinks they did just in case. He says, when, when I get it, who the hell knows? But like he, he said it like that. But he is expecting to get it. So that's good news. Oh, that makes me so happy. I was worried about that, honestly, the whole game. It was stressing me out, I think, even more than the game because those NHL first goals are so important and you want to take that picture and you want to put – I mean, I have my first goal puck on a shelf in my living room. So, you know, it's something that you want to have out there. I think, you know, some of the the other things from that game – 
Moritz Sider, man, he's good. Oh my goodness, I—it's possible we undersold him. I know. Simply because he affected so many parts of the game. But the biggest thing that I I took from him was on the last shift of the night, he blocked two key. He had two key blocks early on when they took the goalie out really early. And that's just the way he is, man. He's just so complete. I mean, what what a pleasure to watch him play hockey, though. I mean, I guess there's that. And we get to see him again so soon. Yeah, and Lucas Raymond, too. I mean, Lucas Raymond around the net is deadly, and the Flyers sort of let him be alone at one point. But also, he had one deke that didn't turn into a goal, but, man, it could have. And it it was, again, you know, he's a rookie, but he's so skilled. Well, we will see how they do in the next game on Saturday. But, yeah. This was definitely not their best, and and hoping at least they'll get some special teams practice in. For right, that and Mike Yo's fuming. He he's really oh, mad. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially about After the power the play. You know, when you don't have a player, and and I believe it was Jerry Mayhew, because I think Bill Meltzer is the one who pointed it out to everybody. Because I was looking down for a moment and I missed it. Um, but I think it was Jerry Mayhew that was supposed to be out there. Wasn't out there for the five on four. They, there's a two on one. And then about five seconds later, finally goes out there. Like it's inexcusable. And, and, and Mike saw that and, but he saw it as was sort of happening. And then, you know, you, the players have to be like right on that. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is definitely some beer league stuff. I've been in that spot before. Yeah, but in a beer league, you say, okay, I yeah, know, I get it. I know, I know. All right, well, that'll have to do it on our conversation about last night's game. And we'll be talking about Adam Ginning next. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and likes than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game next week. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the hockey action in Beijing. You can find me there and it's on your Locked On NHL podcast feed free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we are going to get caught up with Adam Ginning, one of the Flyers prospects. And if you recall, he is a defenseman drafted in 2018 in the second round at 50th overall. And at the time of the draft, his scouting report essentially was that he's good on the boards and around the net, physical guy who's good on the breakout, but not an offensive guy so much. Uh, He played on Sweden's World Juniors team pre-COVID for a couple of years, was the captain in 2020. He's currently in the SHL, so the Swedish top league. Again, not a scorer with low points. Uh, This year in 38 games played, he has four assists so far. The previous year in 50 games, three goals, nine assists. But I think the main thing right now, Russ, is that it's kind of put up or shut up time for him and for the Flyers to figure out what to do with him, right? 
Well, I think it's for the Flyers. He's he's playing well. I uh, thanks to Instat, I watched a lot of video and also uh, pulled some great stats on him. And, and he's having a good year. Like he is a defensive defenseman who has a physical mm-hmm. edge, who could skate well and occasionally make those scoring passes. Uh, usually, it's like those secondary passes, you know, that kind of start something. But he's played well. Like here's a, here's some stats. So he's playing eighteen minutes and 25 seconds a game on average. That's good. He plays the PK. He plays well over two minutes on average of the PK. Uh, He's winning 78% of his puck battles, 1.43 hits per game. You know, he's 6'4", 205, or something close to that, because every every website seems to have a different number for him. Uh, Right. Which is crazy. Uh, His first pass is really safe. He's got a really active stick. He is a guy that does get to some loose pucks first, which in that league, with the extra size of the rink, that's a uh, that's saying something because he's he's got good instincts that way. He is a good skater. I don't think he's a super skater, but I think he's good. And he does block shots really well. Like, he has a great talent for blocking shots. So when you put those things together, I have to bring him over this year. I have to. You know, this upcoming season. I have to, especially if I don't get Rasmus Ristolainen signed. Because... This is the guy who could play that role. Exactly. I think that's my thought as well. But you also need somebody in the wings who can play that role. You know, even if Ristolainen does stick around. Yes. You know, there's always injury. There's always, you know, random circumstances. Absolutely. And and you always want somebody in the wings uh, Mm -hmm. waiting. And it is the kind of role that... The Flyers have not had particularly since I'm going to say like Robert Haig left, but mm-hmm. it's um, obviously I, Robert Haig wasn't the greatest at it, but he was okay at the defensive. Well, because he really was an of offensive things. defenseman at first, mm-hmm. right? And then they kind of right. converted him. I think right. that's why. Yeah. And so this is a guy who is, you know, built to do defense Mm-hmm. And and with somebody that can help you on the breakout, I think that's a, a real benefit for the Flyers, especially because they've struggled so much with it. Any help on the Flyers breakout is a help. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question about that. But 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 the guy's smart. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He is playing against some really high end talent. Still doesn't mean he doesn't need to adjust to North America and play some time in the AHL first. Probably does. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who. I need to bring in the fold because I have definite plans for him if if I'm the GM. Whether this GM has definite plans for him, I can't tell you. They never talk about him. He's the if you want to talk about the most or the least talked about prospect in their system for a second round pick, this is your guy. Well, and I guess that would be my next question is why? Like why aren't they talking know. about him and you know what what is the hold up here? I don't know. I mean, it could have just been maybe he had an ironclad contract in, in, in the SHL or maybe they felt like he was going to be on a long, um, long cycle to get to where he is right now. Could be either one of those things or it could be because they're not high on him. Like we don't know. And and these are the kinds of things that organizations could be much more clear about. Like, as an example, the Flyers used to always give a prospect update at games on the big board. I can't recall seeing one this year. And if I were them, I'd be playing one a day now for the rest of the year based on how the team is. Will they do that? I don't know. 
Well, I mean, and as a side note, we just had Elliot Denoye score four goals in a game. I wonder if they'd show that, but like I would be showing that before the game mm -hmm. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to beginning though, I I Mm -hmm. think that is there a sort of conflict in terms of it's a past regime draft pick. And so they don't want to emphasize him. Like, could that be it? I mean, there's always some of that, but again, uh, they're not having that conflict with Morgan Frost, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's always like a selective thing. We're going to pick and choose the ones that we're okay with, even though it was another regime. And and I think right now, Yanning may have fallen through the cracks a bit, but it's easy to get him back into the fold. I mean, that's, that's not hard at all. And I think now's the time to do it. I, I think this is one of those situations where the way this team is now, you need a guy like this to come over. He's half developed, if not three quarters developed. He might just need to get used to North America. But again, and this is, you know, we'll talk about it more in detail. But, you know, just today we heard a little bit of a scouting report on Tuamala from Danny Briere, And I couldn't be more disagreeable about that. So I, if you go look at where he's been and what he's done, he's been all over the place. This has been a bad year of development for him. So I think the the organization needs to kind of get this straight. What's the message? Let the fans know mm-hmm. about these guys. Fans definitely want to know, right? I mean, these prospect segments we do, I hear about them. And, and fans like them. And yet it's still not out in front. It's almost like the Flyers are afraid to market the future while the current guys are there. But you know what? You got to do that. I wonder what kind of communication he's having with Shell Samuelson right now. And if the Flyers would consider having a guy like Shell Samuelson come out and talk about the prospects that he's working with. I mean, that would be great. I mean, I, I, you know, Shell's ever present and he does mm-hmm. fly over to see these guys. And I think that would be awesome. But they've never done that. Like never. It's always been like a secret. And it shouldn't be a secret. A lot of these things should be out in front and and be talked about because again that's how you get fans feeling right about certain prospects about the system about how the development's going just look at the red wings they've done that right and and the flyers are are stuttering with that like they're you know the sputtering rather that's the word and and they're and that's part of this whole development cycle is yeah mm-hmm. just getting the word out Yeah, I also wonder if they're not just high on defensive defensemen in general because they're trying to get more offensively focused on that side of things or have more hybrid players that can jump into more situations. Maybe they don't see him that way, but I'd be hard-pressed given the history of the Flyers to believe that. Yeah, I don't don't believe that because I believe – and this guy has a little more offense, but if they had a player like Adam Pellick, like they'd be showing him off, right? Like they would. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with him. And maybe as Danny Briere gets more integrated and works on player development, we'll see more things like this and learn more about what their plans are with Adam Yenning. And we'll go from there. Uh, We'll be talking a little bit about Gritty on a special Thursday edition of Gritty Thing of the Week coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. 
Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. They're going to choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to find it and get your car in shape. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, so Gritty was pretty busy in Las Vegas for Mm -hmm. the All-Star game, and there was so much content there and i think you know fans from around the league were appreciative of gritty's presence you saw a lot of posts about him and it was a lot of fun so let's try and get through at least some of it couldn't grab all of it because again there was too much so these are some of the highlights but the first thing is that they had a mascot costume contest so (laughs) there is a a link in here and you know, I almost like couldn't find Gritty in the picture at first because yeah. it was such a, with the hat on, it was such a good costume. But he was dressed up as a lifeguard, and I think it worked. Um, almost like he was sunburnt because he's orange, right? Yeah. Although I don't think I want Gritty to be the one that if if I have to rely on him to save me. Oh, that is I'm, a fair point. <laughs> I, I, he's not the guy, but that's no. okay. And then uh, the next one captioned, your mascot could never. They played uh, some sort of hybrid broom ball game with the mascots as well. And uh, Gritty just fired one top shelf uh, right off a bounce past the Oilers mascot, whose name I always forget, but is very scary to look at. Let's be real. It is. It should be like oily, but it's who knows what the uh, mascot Uh, name is. (laughs) I will say this. Gritty is a good athlete. There's no question about it. The yes. person in there is a good athlete. But if you remember opening night, Gritty did fall with the skating. And I do think Gritty's skating has improved since then. This isn't skating, but we'll, yeah. you know, I'm just pointing it out that the skating well, that was a little suspect. Well, was shoes on the ice. Let's remember. It was not on skates. That's true. That's right. Yeah, you're right about that. All right. And then there was one of those, you know, celebrity lookalike cams at t-mobile arena and of course you know when they had to find a celebrity lookalike for gritty it was carrot top i mean who else yeah that was good i mean although carrot top is ripped i don't know when i know mm-hmm. it's been like a it's been a like decade for like 15 20 years yeah it's been like 10 or 15 years that he got ripped it's still weird to see him that way mm-hmm. um but you know i kind of look at gritty and i think his celebrity lookalike is like groundskeeper willie that's just me. Oh, that's a good one, too. That is a good one, too. All right. And then, you know, Gritty was just wandering around the stands, as he does. And so a fan in the stands got a uh, a nice little video of him dancing and doing the thing where he tries to intimidate people. And uh, it's just it's just cute. Glad to see the mascots were wandering around with the fans yeah, as well. Yeah, it is good. And, and Gritty was also at, like, an Upper Deck event. And somebody I know took a picture with them while they were getting their picture with the Stanley Cup. Oh, nice. 
nice. Yeah, so Gritty was everywhere. And that's fine. Gritty should be everywhere. Uh, Flyers fans love him, so it's all good. And then, of course, when our captain, Claude Giroux, was named MVP, Gritty was right there, came out on the ice, and worshipped him. Uh, And it was really cute. It was, but you know Claude doesn't love that stuff. He doesn't. I know. He's so funny about it. Although I will say, and this relates to the very next item on the list, he is super appreciative of the gritty experience for his children. And there were some really great interactions with Gavin and Gritty. So that's the next video is uh, some of that kind of behind the scenes. And, you know, Gritty always knows how to like make children have fun and i appreciate that little high five it's all cute yeah i do too i think gavin's going to be a defenseman and that's going to surprise claude that's just what i think (laughs) could be could be all right and then this one which might be my favorite honestly is a sports crossover between gritty and blue of the Indianapolis Colts, because of course the Super Bowl is there right now, and there was some overlap. And so um, apparently, blue of the Colts was hiding in Gritty's hotel room, which I don't even know how to react to that. But um, if I say something, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I don't love horses as these mascots for a lot of different reasons. I'm going to just leave it there. Okay. Um, and then the last thing is just uh, Gritty put up a. Instagram post that was highlights from the weekend. So you can get mm-hmm. little snippets of, of everything that he was up to. So it was, it was good. A good time was had by all. Here's the weird thing. It, after all this time, I'm surprised TMZ or somebody in Vegas has not found out who the person in, in the gritty costume is. You would have thought by now it would have happened and it hasn't. I don't know. I do know people who know who it is, but I okay. haven't asked because I, I don't want to know. It's better to not know and just enjoy the mystery of it all. Okay, that's fair. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. On tomorrow's show, like I said at the top, we're going to do a very special episode with Shane Malloy on roster construction for the Flyers and kind of how to approach the Flyers as a business and as an entity. It's a fascinating conversation. Highly recommend that you listen and, and tune in to tomorrow's episode. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers or by email to LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.